Want to know what it takes to restore your life? We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and we lead a team of brilliant story work counselors around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. We call it the Restory Approach. So if you're a story explorer, kingdom seeker, or just a day-to-dayer, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Restory Podcast. I just wrote about my grandmother because of this picture that I have posted of her in our bedroom on that huge frame of all the old black and white pictures. And I love it. I just, I see in her face the woman I came to know, even though I didn't know the woman in that picture because it was from the 40s. And I just, I love that board of old pictures. I don't know most of the people in them. They're just all family. And, you know, they're a collection that have been handed down to us. And it actually actually creeps out our kids, right? Because there's some pretty scary looking old people in our family tree. <laughs> some pretty just scary saying. photos on that Especially board. Especially your grandmother and her twin sister yeah. when they're three in that white little, I mean, it's the shining. It looks like the shining picture for sure. <laughs> but old pictures are so fun in, in most ways because of, I don't know, they just are, right? And even of us, it's funny that now it's trendy to actually create film-looking filters. Vintage pictures. Um, because that's what we grew up with. But just the other day, I was changing my profile pic on your phone. <laughs> and you had some some pictures of me as a little girl. And it was I chose one. It was just fun to see myself even as a five-year-old. And I, I totally see my niece in that picture, <laughs> which is funny. But what? And now every time you call... This five-year-old Beth shows up on my screen. It's so great. It's so cute. My little bowl haircut. (laughs) I love the picture of you when you are six months old, eight Mm -hmm. months old. I think it's eight. You're in a box with your dad, who is like Chevy Chase (laughs) from 30 years ago, and your sister, who at that point would have been five and a half. (laughs) And... There's delight on all of your faces, um, but you're definitely in a box and you're in a backyard. And I love it because I know what happened in boxes mm-hmm. in your backyard. Mm-hmm. It, it's a picture that ha- says a, a thousand things without mm-hmm. saying anything. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk, we're going to talk about that, about what you remember of that box, even though you were six months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my my dad would take old refrigerator boxes and you know moving boxes and all that and create kind of this maze in our backyard. And so as little kids, we would crawl through the maze and and he would be in there with my sister and myself and uh, and it was super fun. And uh, the my sister, kind of some of the context is my sister being five years older than I am. Uh, she has a pretty significant mental disability to where in those first years of her life, uh, they didn't know, would she ever be verbal? Would she ever be able to walk? Would she ever be able to, you know, to do any of that, feed herself, those kinds of things. And so there was this whole program that they did with her to develop her uh, muscles and coordination and all those kinds of things to where the boxes were part of the program 
to get her to crawl and be able to move uh, along the way. And that's that's the context into which I was born. Mm-hmm. And right. so that picture that's taken, I'm sure my mom is the one that took the picture, uh, is of all three of us, my sister, myself, and my dad, inside the boxes doing this crawling thing. And there I am at six months old, eight months old, however, long, however old I was, uh, just being there. And that is... That is, like I said, the context into which I was born. But I actually have no explicit memory of those boxes. No. I have the picture, mm-hmm. but I don't have the actual. Like I can't tell you this is this is what it was. And that's what you mean by explicit memory, right? Where somewhere I can actually remember the experience that I had, the events that occurred. Now, a couple episodes ago, we talked about memory in a different way. And so my memory of those experiences versus my dad's memory of those experiences kind of a thing, that would be that'd be a comparison. And neither one is the actual true right memory because it was our, our perspective on that experience. But explicit memory is when I can actually sit down and I can say, yes, I remember when, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when I was ever in those boxes. Mm-hmm. I only have evidence of it from that picture mm-hmm. right but I do remember other things I remember uh, inside my body what it feels like to be leading my sister teaching my sister con- uh, being in the space where the focus is on her and the work that I am about as a as a being on this earth is to assist her to move through life. And so implicitly, something inside of me knows from those first pre-verbal months of my life that I exist in order for her well-being. And what do you mean by your body remembers that? Well, like I said, I can't, I can't, remember the actual experience but I there's kind of a shift that happens within me that whenever she's involved or whenever my family dynamic even to this day as a grown adult when the family dynamic starts to move towards what is it like for us to take care of her there's a a gear that my heart drops into it's something that begins to be activated in me like oh here I am I am, this is my role, this is my job, this is what I'm supposed to do. And even some of the other jobs of my life go offline because now this thing has come online. And like I said, it's a gear that I kind of just shift into. And that that's that implicit memory. I, I don't remember it, but I remember it. It's, it's not, I, I can't verbalize it. Even right now, I'm having a hard time verbalizing what it is that it actually is. But I just, I just know. I think that's fascinating that that is true for all of us. It doesn't have to be traumatic. Right. And so how do our bodies shift into, oh, I know, I know how to protect you right now. Mm-hmm. I know how to get you out of this situation right now. Or I know how to respond, right? Like our body takes over in this implicit memory sort of way. What, what's going on internally? How does that happen as children? Well, like I said, it's in those pre-verbal 
you know, probably first, you know, 18 months of life and where it's our neural pathways are, God is so beautifully designed our brains to be developing at such a fast pace, especially in those first two years of life, because we don't come into the world with a template of what it means to be in relationship. We don't come into the world with a template of, of what it means to be uh, comforted or fed or taken care of or anything. We learn those things. We absorb those things from other people. And so our, we're, we're relationally created after we are, uh, you know, kind of born into the world. And so those implicit memories get locked into and coded into our brain's neural pathways and into our, uh, into our bodies. I say brain because we have neurology throughout our entire body. And so it sits within our gut, it sits within our mind, it sits within our, our, our body, our spine, like all throughout our body, we have these neural pathways that are being formed in those first 18 months of life that then just get encoded and locked in. That's the, and, and there's no words for it. There's only experience for it. Because as a 18 month old, you don't have words. You just have the experience of it. And so for me, the experience was, I exist in order for my sister to learn how to be in the world. And all throughout my life, it was like, haha, Chris, you taught your sister how to crawl. And it was this story that got told, I don't remember it, but I know it. Hmm. I don't remember anything about it, but there's something internally in me that still to this day shifts into that gear of I exist in order for her well-being to, to be established. Hmm. So that's, that's what actually happens. And, um, you know, Daniel Siegel, he talks a lot about internal or ex implicit memory and explicit memory, these internal places within us that still, as our experience is, so will we continue to live. And that's how, uh, that's where in the Restory journey, it's not just about the explicit memories. It's not just about the things that I can actually tell you and recount to you. I remember when this experience happened. It's also the implicit memories of what you experienced as a pre-verbal child and how do those still to this day impact your understanding of all the rest of the stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where your body can tell you far more Mm -hmm. than your ex your concrete ability you know to tell yeah. a story and that's where you know as a in the restory practitioner world we do a lot of body work and it's and when i say body work i mean it's check in with how where are you what's going on inside of you how will you find how do you, how do you feel rather than just say, say it like let's check into that internal space mm -hmm. what is your experience right now and then when we start to talk about your mother your father your sister whatever what begins to happen inside of you mm -hmm. what gears do you find activated within mm -hmm. you as we're talking about the explicit memories what are the implicit memories that come with them it's yeah i think about somebody reading a story which we do a lot of and that you know they're they've written it they're telling us a version of it, and as they're reading it, tears come. Mm -hmm. And it is in that moment, right, that we're activating more of an implicit memory mm -hmm. where yes. the body is telling us something. Yes. Far more than the words on paper. Yeah. And in the famous, you know, uh, Vanderkolk book called The Body Keeps the Score, the body does keep the score. 
it keeps with us those memories uh, when we can't even process what they've been. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Siegel's book, are you referring to Mindsight? Yes, Mindsight. Um, and many of his other books. I mean, he's got several, but that mm-hmm. is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's important when we begin to think about our memories that we not only think about what is it that we remember, but is but it's also what do we remember feeling? What still sits within us that when we start to talk about these other things, what starts to come out? Uh, and, and maybe we don't even have words for it. And that's the hard part because a lot of the work that we do in Restory is to help give words where words were not ever given. But we just have the sense, we just feel, we know that gear. Uh, and we need to start giving words and meaning to what happens so that we can process our way through that and begin to extricate ourselves out of it and offer a new alternative story. All right, friends, thanks for listening. If you haven't left a rating on iTunes, we'd love for you to do that real quick. And here's the thing with our name change. We're trying to offer more cohesion to all the things we do with restoration. We've got counseling and stuff for marriages and dads and moms, and the list goes on and on. One of the ways we started talking about it recently is to rather humorously and affectionately refer to it all as the Restory Universe. Doesn't that sound interesting? Well, if you want to learn more, just head over to RestoryUniverse.com to see what we're up to. And we'll see you same time, same place next week.